Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2Xers, Bill Kasky back at the 2X Podcast. Glad to have you back. We are going to enter into number three today in our five-part series. I may have mentioned it was a four-part series. I'm not sure how the five M's of successful selling comes down to a four-part series, but I was mistaken on that. It's a five-part series, and today we're going to talk about the third M, which is method. But before we do, I want to share with you, I said this last time, we're starting a mastermind group called the 2X Group. And if you maybe want to be part of some like-minded sales pros who are interested in using the awesome power of a mastermind group to grow your business, then you can check out the 2X Group at, of course, the2xgroup.com. You can learn more about it there. There's a small, short video, and also you can schedule a call with me at some point if you think this might be right for you. There's no pressure, just a quick conversation to see if the group would be helpful to your accomplishing your goals. Today, part three, method. Uh, We already did mindset, and number one, we did market yesterday. You know, when you don't have a method or a philosophy for selling, you're really are, you know, at at its core and and its root, you're probably a hostage. You're a hostage to the prospect's method, which typically is some form of what's the price and how cheaply can I get it, or the philosophy, which is low price wins the bid. And of course, that's not what we want to do. If you're going to masterfully double your income or your revenue, you have to have a system. You have to have a method of some type. I've got a client uh, who actually, in fact, in the 2X group who calls on large companies. I mean, name brand companies. You would know all the people that he calls on. And he has been able to create a really effective, sound sales process that now his, his prospects follow him through. And if you know, if you want to be the guide, which we have spoken about before, and you want to lead people through and you want them to follow you, you have to have a map of some kind. You have to have that. And if you don't, they will go off on their own uh, meandering way through the process and you may end up uh, getting the business or not getting the business, but it's going to take a long time. So I really believe that. And I've, I've got five steps here. You will have to hear this and see which ones fit for you because I know this doesn't fit for everyone, but there's not too many sales organizations I've worked with in the last 20-some years that couldn't benefit by some tweaking of their current process. And what I find typically is the method that most people use is a method that's grown in-house and really pays very little attention, if not if any attention, to the prospect and to the client, to their needs and what they're trying to accomplish. So uh, I want to share with you the five steps uh, that I think it provides a good framework for you. Step number one, I think you need to educate prospects. 
I think this idea that we go in and just start asking, pummeling them with questions and in a way kind of interrogating them, what's your biggest problem? What are you trying to accomplish? What are your goals? I don't think that serves them or you. Because as I've said before, if they don't know what's wrong, how will they be able to give voice to what's wrong when you ask that question about pain or problems or frustrations? You know, what keeps you up at night? Well, nothing keeps me up at night. I, I sleep very well. I hate that question. Don't ask that question again. What keeps you up at night? It's crazy. It's dumb. It's, it's old. People know exactly where you're going. They know what you're doing. And I think a great sales process is not predictable. It's something that you've crafted because you believe that the sales process and the method will help your customer. So this is what keeps you up at night. I don't like that question either. So number one is educate. You've got to educate people. You can do it through content prior to a call. You can do it through videos. You can do it through webinars. But you need to educate the prospect about what's possible. What are some of the problems that you find based on your experience in working with great clients, what are some of the problems you find exist? These problems could be problems they know about and more likely problems they don't know about. They're not, they're, it's off their radar screen. They're not really thinking about some of the problems that you solve. So any type of education will be useful because you'll be able to share with them some tips and some new ways to look at their problems that they haven't thought about before. So any in any kind of process, I think there needs to be a, a form of education. Just sharing with them, positioning yourself as an expert is really the essence of that. Number two, learn and discover. You know, this typically gets back to discovery. And I see that on a lot of sales organizations' processes, those that have it, it's discovery and it's what is the problem, what, you know, it's, it's, but it's all a verbal form of discovery. You're asking them for their opinion. And I think that's okay. That's one step of it. I think a second and more important step is some kind of an assessment. Are you doing any kind of assessment with them, co-created with them, where together you can come up with, you know, based on this assessment and the data and the metri metrics and the measurements, these are what we have discovered are your biggest problems that are costing you the most money or, conversely, the biggest opportunities that you're missing by not having my product. So learn and discover really should be understand and assess. And I think if you do that, you're going to have someone co-creating the method and, and helping you through the method because they will be on your side. They're not combating you or arm wrestling you. They are right there with you. Number three, financials. And really the question here is, do the numbers work? Do the numbers work? If you're getting ready to invest $250,000 in a software package, then you're going to want to know as, as the buyer, do the numbers work? And you can talk about it in terms of ROI. That's, that's okay. I mean, that again, that term is kind of worn out, but I understand what it is. You're getting ready to invest money, Mr. Prospect, Mrs. Prospect, or Ms. Prospect. So the question is, is do the numbers work? If you make this investment, and not just investment in the price of the product, but it's all the things around it too, because if they have a long implementation cycle, that costs money. So it's not just the price of the product that matters to the prospect. It's all, it's the entire cost of implementation. So don't forget that part. So financials, do the numbers work? And you've got to be good at this. And I know that some people that I work with are reluctant to ask these money questions. And this is not about, do you have the budget? You, you'll want to get to that at some point too. 
in the financials, but it's more what's the problem costing you to have or what's the lack of achievement costing you not to have. Number four, the decision ecosystem. The ecosystem is a very fancy word. We came up with this a few years ago, but I like it. It's that when you're calling on large organizations or even even mid-sized organizations, there's an ecosystem to how they make decisions. And I know that we love to talk to the CEO. We love to talk to the president. We used to talk about you got to call high. Yes, you do, but you also have to call wide. So you want to know where does this problem show up inside the company and who cares about the solving of it? Or if it's an aspirational type of motive where we want to grow our business from 20 million to 50 million and you're calling on them to help them do it, I want to know who cares about us growing from 20 to 50 million. Might be lots of people. I know the CEO will definitely care, but he or she might not be the only ones. So who else shares in the proceeds if we actually do this? And that's who you need to be calling on those people. You need to understand the ecosystem of the buyer. You can do it through organizational charts, but I, I'm a, a big fan of having them, whoever cares about the decision and cares about the value, being a part of the assessment process. We have a program called The New Rules of Selling Online. It's based on the book Same Game, New Rules, and we have a guest expert who comes in and talks exactly about that assessment process and how to do it. You can go to newrulescourse.com to find out more about that course. It's a, it's a very low tuition, seven or eight video modules, and we got a couple of bonus tracks there. And one is where this, this expert talking about how to sell large businesses. And part of uh, his philosophy is that the assessment plays a big part. So the decision-making ecosystem is really important. And sometimes you can't go online to get that. You have to do that through inquiry and through asking and through research and understanding the lay of the land inside your client company. And the fifth step is a recommendation. So at some point, you will want to take all the information that you've learned from your inquiry and from your learning and discovering and through the analysis of the financials and understanding the process inside the company and make an appropriate recommendation. I like recommendations that are specifically addressed to the problems they have or they've told you they've had or the what the assessment brings up and shows you and make it fit appropriately and perfectly for that. I had a, uh, a trainer back in the, I don't know, 80s who, or maybe 90s who used to say, you know, if, if they don't want ball-bearing drawers, then they never hear about ball-bearing drawers. And his analogy of that is the furniture salesperson who got so excited about what the prospect was looking at. And he said, oh, and by the way, this has ball-bearing drawers, too. And turns out the prospect uh, choked on a ball bearing when he was four and doesn't want anything to do with ball bearings. And so the guy lost the sale. Now, I'm sure that never happened. I don't know who chokes on ball bearings. Maybe they did. But the point is that if you start to pepper the prospect with all these things that weren't what they asked for, then it starts to dilute the message of what they did ask for. And then they start looking at the price and say, well, geez, you know, that is kind of expensive. I don't really need ball bearing drawers. Can we take those out? Or I don't really need the coaching, the one-to-one coaching. Can we take those out? Well, if it's part of your recommendation, if it's a solution looking for a problem to solve, that's not good. So make sure that your recommendation is spot on based on what they said they wanted, 
what problems have shown up in the analysis and in the assessment and the learn and discovery phase. If you do that, you will increase your likelihood of closing the business. Now, the reason I even give you all this is because I want you to improve your closing percentage. We call it conversion. If you are proposing 100 solutions this year, I want you to get 50 to 70 of those. I don't want you to get six of them, which is the national average, or six to 10. I don't want you to get, that means 90% of the time you're spending this uh, valuable resource with people who aren't going to buy. Why would you want to do that? How can you double your business doing that? I would rather you say, I'm going to quote far fewer people. I'm going to work the person through the process. I may only close 50% of a lower number, but I'll be, I'll have that time freed up and available to go do other things. So I hope that helps. Once again, you can go to the 2xgroup.com if you want to learn more about the peer group that uh, is starting here in February. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow's message will be about message. How about that? See what I did there? All right. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2x podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.